tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. Today, we're concluding the second part of our series on the Holy Spirit called Present. So well, we're finishing kind of our consideration of the Holy Spirit's transforming presence within the life of the follower of Jesus and how that presence causes real change. And so today we're wrapping that up by looking at the presence of the Holy Spirit and how he gives us a spirit of freedom. And so as you open up the Bible and read the scripture, there is a prevailing metaphor of slavery to freedom from the scriptures. Now, I know that for some of our listeners today, that this might be difficult to talk about and challenging to consider. But we truly, as a church, we value the scriptures. We want to follow where they lead us. We see that predominantly throughout the scriptures, there is so many different types of themes that you can look at, tracing from Genesis to Revelation, chasing, uh, moving us to, to the work of Jesus and what he's done for us all these different facets of how he's changed us, but there is a predominant and prevailing theme of slavery to freedom. And my friends, we look at the first few pages of the Bible and we see that God created us free. And we were truly free to receive his goodness, his glory, the beauty of his perfections, and then free to reflect it back to God. And that's what we talked about a few weeks ago as it relates to adoption and glory. So we were free to receive uh, all of who God was and then reflect that back to him. But unfortunately, we rebelled against God. We actually traded his glory for our own, and we inserted brokenness into our lives. And now we are unfortunately enslaved to our basest desires apart from living under God's protection and God's care and God's beauty and God's perfections, right? So apart from living from that, we are slaves to our basest desires. And Romans 1 talks about this. It says, claiming to be wise, they became fools. Listen to this. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creepy things. My friends, we exchanged the glory of God, the beauty of his perfections, to worship the things around us. Now, back then, they had statues. Most of us don't have statues Uh, to a God sitting in the corner of our living room. But almost all of us have a TV that many of us spend too much time watching and distracting ourselves because maybe we worship a God of distraction. Many of us who are watching um, have children and we put all of our energy and time and hope and dreams and values into them and they can become our God. Some of us work and financial security or the appearance of success through work might become our God that we lay our life down to and exchange the beauty of God's perfections for all of the, and receiving and then reflecting the beauty of God's perfections to all these other, the worthless things that are going away. And they're actually, not even all of them are worthless things. Some of them are good things, but they're all fading away. We can't find our ultimate hope in any of them. But unfortunately, our state, our spiritual state, apart from Jesus, is spiritual slavery to idols, to all these other things that might distract us. 
and all that goes along with it. Look with me at John 8, 34. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. We see that even Jesus is highlighting that we are all enslaved to the sin and the brokenness that resides in the world. We have traded the beauty of all that God is for putting our ultimate worth and value in things that are not God. And that's what an idol is. But my friends, God looked on us in this state and he did not sit idly by while we stumbled around in the dark enslaved to sin. God came down in the person of Jesus to set us free. Look with me at Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. He, talking about Jesus, he himself likewise partook of humanity that through his death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. There was a fear that we are naturally enslaved to, a fear of death, a fear of that, that there's, there's an, an, an adversary to but we see that Jesus destroyed the power of sin and death and he destroyed the power of the devil and all that the devil has brought into the world because of his sacrifice on the cross. Look with me again at Jesus in John 8. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. Listen to this. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. My friends, if the son sets you free, you are free. All we have to do is believe in Jesus. He's referring to himself. He says, if I set you free, then you will be free. You don't have to be a slave to sin anymore. And my friends, all we have to do is believe that this is true for us. And we obey by making Jesus Lord over our lives. And he sets us free from sin. So the question that we have today is, how in the world does he do this? How in the world does something that Jesus did 2,000 years ago affect us and cause us to be free from sin and the slavery that sin provides? How does that affect us today? And the answer to that is the Holy Spirit. Our main point for today is this, that the Holy Spirit, is the conduit of a victorious life-sharing, love-giving, securing freedom that God the Father designed and Jesus earned for us on the cross. He brings it directly into our hearts. So we're just going to look at two points today. The veil to God is lifted by the Holy Spirit. And secondly, we can experience the joy of conduited freedom. So first, the veil to God is lifted by the Holy Spirit, which is kind of our main text for today, is 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. When one turns to the Lord, the veil over their hearts is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, let me explain this. In the Old Testament, actually in Exodus 34, there was this guy named Moses. 
and the, the people of Israel, God's special chosen people that he had chose to bless, and through them he was going to bless the world. They were enslaved in Egypt. And Moses delivers them from an evil Pharaoh in Egypt, and he's leading them to the promised land, the land of Israel. Now, as he is in the wilderness, the people rebel against God, and they spend 40 years in the wilderness. All the people that had left Egypt die off, All of their children are the ones that get to inherit the land. So Moses consistently is leading the people for years on end. And there was a special way that Moses would meet with God. Not everybody could pray to God back then. Now we can pray to God. Guess what? Because he is interceding for us, which we talked about last week. But Moses was kind of the intermediary. He was the mediator between God and God's people. He would meet with God, God would share stuff with Moses, Moses would share stuff with the people. So Moses used to go meet with God in a tent. It was actually called the tent of meeting. And when he would go meet with God, he would talk with God, and then he would come out and talk to the people. Well, they said that his face would shine so bright after spending time with God that people couldn't look at him directly. It was like staring into the sun. And so that Moses had to cover his face with a veil. He was so close, he was in such close proximity to God's glory, his literal face shone. And so this is a callback. And the text in 2 Corinthians actually talks much more earlier on in the passage about Moses and about that veil. But the veil in 2 Corinthians is an analogy. See, we all have a veil over our hearts. The Jewish people couldn't see the true glory of God. And so they, it was so bright on Moses. hide the exuberance of God's glory. So there's a veil covering our hearts to prevent us from truly experiencing and seeing God's glory. But we see here in verse 16 that it is only through Christ that the veil is taken away. And we see that because of the work of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit working on our behalf, that the Spirit brings freedom from spiritual blindness. Freedom from the veil that's over our hearts so that we can fully see, so that we can fully experience the glory of God or the beauty of God's perfections, how we were created to be, to receive the, God's beauty and then respond to that beauty by reflecting it back to him. That veil is, is the opportunity for that veil to be lifted is only because of the work of Jesus, mediator brought right to us by the Holy Spirit. There's a freedom from spiritual blindness that comes with that. And now it says in verse 18, it says, now we with unfailed faces beholding the glory of God. How do we do that? That's through the Spirit. It's through the work of the Spirit. We are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. My friends, we were like I said, designed to receive all of who God is as God is perfectly loving. We were supposed to receive that perfect love. As God is perfectly just, we were supposed to receive that perfect justice within us. And then we were supposed to reflect that love, that justice, that joy, that peace back to God and back to one another. That, that beauty of God's perfections is his glory. 
So my friends, we were created to receive and respond to God's glory. And what the Bible teaches us is that if we choose to follow Jesus because of the Spirit's work to unveil our hearts from the spiritual blindness, we can then begin to receive God's glory. We can receive the beauty of his perfections and then reflect it out. We can become more glorious, more like Jesus, through the Holy Spirit's power in us to reveal and view Jesus unveiled. So my friends, we see from this passage that the Holy Spirit gives us the sight to see Jesus. The veil is removed. He gives us the freedom to be free from sin. There is freedom for the Christian. Not only that, but he gives us the power to be transformed into both receiving and reflecting God's glory, the beauty of his perfections. And my friends, this is true spiritual freedom. It is won for us by Jesus. It is delivered by the Holy Spirit. And it is all because the will of our Father. My friends, the veil to God is lifted by the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but we see that we can also experience the joy of conduited freedom. And I use that word conduit. Conduit is a good way to think about the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And it's a good way to think about the Holy Spirit's freedom. So I'm going to put up a picture of a conduit, okay, of an aqueduct from Roman times. So this is a picture of an aqueduct in Roman times. And essentially, it was angled. You can't see it in the picture. It looks pretty flat, but it's actually angled downward. And so water would flow from a river or a dam that was higher up, and it would flow down into a valley, down into the city. So you get this flowing water, and, and this aqueduct was like just a big funnel, right? It was just like a tunnel, an open tunnel that was bringing this water, this fresh water, down into the city. The water would flow down this elevated track all the way into the city, and then it would be dispersed throughout the city. And it was a source of life. It was a source of provision. Flowing water, when you actually had running water, it meant that you could have life there, right? Now, my friends, just like the Romans had an aqueduct to bring them water, the Holy Spirit is like God's aqueduct, delivering freedom right into our hearts. And this freedom that we see from the Council of the Scriptures is a robust freedom. This is an active freedom that it's giving us freedom not just in a general sense, but it actually tells us very specifically that the Holy Spirit does specific things to help us live and walk in the freedom of who God created us to be. And the first way that we see, and there's many ways, but I just chose three. The first way that the Holy Spirit is a conduit, he's a a conduit, of God's freeing life. Look with me at, Rome, at John 14, verses 16 and 19. Jesus is Jesus speaking. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. My friends, the Holy Spirit is a permanent resident within the follower of Jesus. And he says these beautiful words. Jesus says, because I live, you also will live. And this is a close connection between the life of God and the indwelling Holy Spirit. My friends, the Holy Spirit is the conduit of God's life into our hearts. Because Jesus has resurrected from the dead, the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in the life of the Christian. He resides in your heart. This means that he is mediating. He's a conduit of God's freeing life. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit is a conduit of God's freeing love. 
Look with me at Romans 5, verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. My friends, the Holy Spirit is the conduit of God's love. The, the God's love has been poured into our hearts. How? Through the Holy Spirit who resides in the life of the Christian. The Holy Spirit is the conduit of God's love into our hearts. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit is a conduit of God's freeing security. Look with me at Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, right? So you've got to hear it, and you've got to believe it, right? Then you have to obey, making Jesus Lord over your life. That's part of belief. It says, then you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. My friends, we are sealed. The moment you choose to follow Jesus, you make him Lord over your life, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in your heart and he immediately seals you. He says there's nothing you can do to get out of this. There's nothing you can do. There's no sin you can commit. There's no rebellion that you can engage with that can get you out of God's grace that can get you out of the salvation, that can somehow make you lose what's going on. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit seals you. He locks you in. And he is your guarantee. He's like a down payment. He secures us. He guarantees us. It's like a blank check that God says, I'm going to give to you, and I'm going to cover over all your sins. I'm going to give you a completely new life. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And one day you're going to see the fullness of all of what this means. The Holy Spirit is the conduit of God's security into our heart. My friends, we can experience the joy of conduited freedom, both the conduit of God's freeing life, his freeing love, and his freeing security, all because of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're watching this, you're tuning in, and you're not yet a follower of Jesus. My friends, what we read from the scriptures is clear, that apart from the life of Jesus, apart from the Holy Spirit indwelling you, mediating his life, mediating his freedom, that we are all born under spiritual slavery, and apart from Jesus, you are a slave to your basest desires. And there's nothing that you can do to change that in your own strength. The Bible says that we are a slave to fear, that we are separated from God, that we are destined for an eternity apart from him. But the good news is that God stepped in to solve that problem, that the Holy Spirit is always pointing us to the work of Jesus on our behalf because Jesus solved the problem of slavery, being a slave to sin, to our basest human desires. My friends, all you need to be free is repentance and faith. You need to uh, repentance is literally you're walking in one direction and you turn and walk in the opposite direction. That's what it means to repent. You have to turn. You have to have faith. And that's you've got to hear this message, believe that it's true for you, and obey by making Jesus Lord over your life. That's what that means. If you do those things, the Holy Spirit comes in. He mediates the freeing life the freeing love, the freeing security that God has already earned for you. And you are immediately adopted into his family. And you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, here's the deal. 
sometimes we can still live a life that seems enslaved to sin. Now, this isn't your natural state. This isn't who you are. But we can live apart from who we now are created to be. And it is tempting to fall back into old patterns of self-deception. To live as if we were slaves to sin. So we kind of can trade the glory of God for the lie that our jobs can give us identity. Sometimes we, we want to embrace the lie that money can give you security. And sometimes others believe that children can give you purpose. My friends, the call of God is to reject those things, to embrace afresh today the truest freedom secured for you by finding your identity, finding your security, finding your purpose in what has already been secured for you by Jesus. Because money comes and goes. Children can be obedient and faithful and give you everything that you want or they can't. A job comes and goes. Jesus is constant. His Holy Spirit secures you. My friends, the Holy Spirit is the conduit of the victorious, life-sharing, love-giving, and securing freedom that God the Father designed and Jesus earned for us on the cross. The Holy Spirit brings it directly into our hearts. As we conclude today, I want us to look at how the goodness of God moves us from slavery to renewal and freedom in the Holy Spirit in Titus 3, 3 through 6. Look with me at these verses. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray. Listen to this. Slaves. Slaves to various passions and pleasures. Passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. My friends, you have had the love, the life, and the security of God poured out on you. He wants you to see how much he loves you. He's fought for you. When you are a slave, he has paid the price to bring you into his glorious, amazing freedom. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.